0: Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love at Global Church Fellowship. Our street address, just in case you want to come by and join us if you're in the area on Sundays, is 1914 Trades on Boulevard in San Jose, California. The zip code is 95... What is the zip code? 95131. I was getting ready to give you my home zip code. That wouldn't have worked. All right. <laughs> uh, what we're going to do tonight in Kingdom Conversations is we're going to follow up on some Some of the things that were shared in the Biblical Solutions for Life on Sunday, I wanna clarify a few things. And I also ask the people here, if you have questions that pertain to the past uh, couple of weeks, then, and I really want questions, then please go ahead and jot them down and we'll have a reader read them or something fun like that. We are going to pray. We're going to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit because that's what this is, supernatural and prophetic encounters with the word of God. I'll even explain a little bit why we labeled it that. and I'm going to take off my bracelet because it makes too much noise. All right. Lord God in heaven. I like saying that. Mighty God. The Lord who is God blessings and glory and honor and praises to you we rejoice in you and in your word and in your name and in your power and in your person we bless you for your goodness and your grace your mercy your loving kindness the ways that you that you love us and care for us we praise you for the word of God for the spirit of the living God that abides on the inside of us for the power of the Lord Jesus Christ through his blood and his name and his word, he is the living word. We thank you, Father, that you are a good, good father. A good, good father. We truly are blessed people to be able to call the creator possessor of the heavens and the earth, our Father who is in heaven, who has a holy name, who has a kingdom, you are the king, We are royalty through the blood of Jesus. We are joint heirs. We have position, we have power, and we have the opportunity to walk in humility and obedience, which increases the authority of the kingdom at work in us. And tonight, we listen for you to speak. We listen for the conversation. We will flow in the direction that you want to take us, Holy Spirit, as we listen, incline our ears, to hear and to decree and to speak and to receive and to be changed by this amazing word, to be more and more reflective of the kingdom of God and less and less a shadow even of the things of this world. I thank you for what you unlock in us tonight and what you unlock in me. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you for your blood, thank you the Apostle of this house, thank you for the ministers, thank you for the people, thank you for your healing power, releasing it into the lives of our, and the bodies of our our members, releasing it into their bodies, and letting it be known that the blood of Jesus is speaking, and their bodies are hearing, and adhering to what it is that you have to say, in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen, amen, let me cover a couple of things, I'll start with this first one. Why is it called Supernatural and Prophetic Encounters with the Word of God? The short answer, because that's the title he gave me. Uh, The meaning of that, to have supernatural and prophetic encounters is because when you start to read the Bible and you just read it topically, then you'll get nice stories. But when you start to slow it down and get into that opportunity to hear and to start questioning the things that he's written, then what you find is that you'll start to have conversations with the writer of the book. Now, I am a writer, and I know a number of published authors. Um, They're relatively well-known, some of them, in the circle that they, the genre that they write in. But, I mean, to me, it's like being the the freshman in high school and having the seniors talk to me if they have acknowledged me by name or something. That was always kind of a fun thing for me. I'm blessed to know a few people that are maybe known more nationally or internationally. Um, from time to time, I've come across a few of them, and yet I'm I'm humbled. I think at the moments when some of it, somebody will actually refer to me by name. I'm used to going places with our apostle Baker, and she is known. She is one of those people, you know, and so to be with her and then to be recognized as somebody knows your name. I think some of you experienced I'm talking about, it's kind of like, wow. I mean, I was cool just to be here in the group. I didn't, you didn't need to single, you know, you didn't need to call me by name at all, but to know that you cared enough to learn it. That speaks to the integrity of others. Well, that's the same type of thing. Uh, That's as close to the examples I'm gonna come up with right now. To what it's like to me, when you're reading the word of God and the Holy Spirit starts to talk and he starts to expand on things. And it's not just revelation, but it's the sit-down conversation. Some refer to it like having coffee with Jesus, or in Lily's case, it might be a milkshake or something, but or a smoothie. And to have that moment that you're spending with him, where he is totally himself and exposed exposing himself to you to say well here's what was going on when I wrote this or here's what was happening in the lives of these people and if you're interested in knowing well this is how this actually applies to you and you know he answers the question that he asked Job you know where were you when I formed this thing and when I did this thing he says I know you weren't there you were in me but I'm going to tell you what it was like when I was doing it I mean those are encounters with God Those are supernatural or prophetic encounters because they'll tell you of things to come and explain what he means. Or he'll give you the understanding, and you can see in the word of God sometimes where things that we have in the 21st century or had in the 20th century or whatever, when inventions were being made, how there are things in the word of God that actually reflect reflect some of it. Let me show you one, and then I'll... I'll, um, You know, I I talk to my mom sometimes, and and this is probably how it started. um, That, um, go to Acts chapter 16. And this is one that's really cool. Okay. Um, In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in prison. And it says that at midnight they were, this is verse 25, they were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. So there you have it. Wow, a jailhouse concert. And they're singing and they're praising God, but what they're also doing is creating a supernatural moment, an opportunity for something amazing to take place. And it says that in the midst of their concert, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never seen an earthquake
1: <laughs> loosen chains.
0: Nor have I ever seen an earthquake um, uh, cause doors to open. Earthquakes cause things to fall off the shelves and break. We in California. We, we know what an earthquake is like. All right, And they do a lot of things, but they don't loosen chains. They don't remove shackles. Something amazing was happening. But the the, the thing that got me the most was that it says that the doors were opened. Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 5 also uh, talks about that. At night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. And it talks about basically how they 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 had angelic assistance to open doors. But we have doors where you step on a pad and it says open, and the doors will fling open for you. Well, the you think the angels were seen? They were walking, and an invisible force was there to burst open the doors—automatic door openers. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Well, it was it. Yeah. Why?
0: But the, the thing that was different here was this was about position. Isn't that the way it is when you go to a, a, a store? and you go to, you step on one side, it says automatic door, and you step on that and the door open. you go to the other one stand there looking stupid because the door didn't open because you didn't read where one said automatic door and the other one said push. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be positioned properly to have those doors open automatically. Well, that's what he's showing a principle in the things of God. They were in prison, but they were in a position in the spirit that caused doors to open for them, that caused the earth to quake in response to the things that were taking place. There's so many nuances and layers, and you spend your own time there talking to him mm-hmm. about it, but he starts to just unlock things. And so that's why, if you allow it to be, you can see supernatural prophetic encounters happening in the word of God, and then you can start to experience them in your own life because this word is alive. It is teeming with the breath of God, the life of God, the spirit of God. So therefore this word, this word is breathing. It's alive. It's not a dormant word. It's not just words on paper, but it's actually conversation, stories, history. It's it's an art gallery. It gives you the pictures of the paintings um, of the exterior of heaven. It tells you about a street of gold. And if you ask Is it gold like the yellow gold? No, you'll find out it's translucent gold. It's the palest of palest gold. And yet, it shimmers and it's alive. It's a living street. And there's living wash, sapphire, crystal, all kinds of different things. And you'll hear about the songs that the stones themselves sing. You read in Revelation, and you'll see some of this. Or you read in Ezekiel, or you read in Daniel. You'll read about encounters that they've had with, the, with when heaven, Daniel um, 7, I think it is, when it talks about how the, the courts opened, the realm opened, and the courts of heaven actually came forth. And it said that they were seated, and, and then the, the books were opened. And what is he talking about? He said, I saw, I saw a dimension that looks like heaven came to earth, but what happened is the door, the portal opened. And he was able to be in a place spiritually that he could not be um, on his own. He had an encounter, a supernatural encounter, a prophetic encounter in your dreams, in your visions, many times when you're sleeping. You're going places. That's why Paul said, I don't know if the man in the dream or what it was, but I know I was somewhere other than just here. And you've had that sensation when you're praying in the spirit or you're, you know, suddenly you close your eyes and you're soaking in music and you will hear the spirit of the Lord. Say to you, I want to take want to take a walk with me, and you'll go. You may not leave. You not may not leave the the, the physical premises, but within and it's not your imagination only, but your imagination was actually equipped to be able to receive the Spirit Word of the Living God, and in through the door that is Jesus Christ to enter into. The, the, the knowledge, the, what do you think it is? He says you can have the knowledge of God and be enlightened by God. Those are places in the realm of the spirit where you encounter God, where he wants to talk to you and tell you about you or tell you about things to come or to explain things to you so that he'll give you a word that you will have for somebody else. So that's, in a nutshell, why this is called Prophetic Encounters. You got a question, sir? Yes. Yes, sir. The chair recognizes the man from St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> the brother from St. Louis. Praise <laughs> uh, thank
1: you for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm hearing you say, and, and, and as you're speaking, I, I'm, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, invite me in to your conversation to your situation Uh, uh, ask me whatever it is that you need to know in the moment and if you listen i will answer
0: yes did you hear that i want him to repeat that i want that to make sure everybody heard that go ahead
1: okay so uh, as you were speaking Uh, The Holy Spirit was saying to me, uh, I was hearing the Holy Spirit says, ask me whatever it is that you're you're wanting to know in the moment and I will answer. If you ask me and then listen and I will tell you, I will show you, I will reveal to you because I have all the answers. I know everything about everything.
0: Yes. Oh, how awesome was that? I received that. Thank you, Lord. Do you know what just happened? Of course you do. Yes, Rodney had a supernatural prophetic encounter with the Word of God in a kingdom conversation. But he gave, he went somewhere. Where'd he go? He went into a private chamber with the Holy Spirit. He went into a place where, even though things were going on topically, there was a, He had an audience with the spirit of the living God who said in, in line with this, I want to prove to you that what is being said is what I'm saying. And then he said it, I think you better. I love it, I love it. Awesome, anybody else hear anything while we move? Well you will, and if you do, let us know, okay? Do you receive that word? Okay, well then, do not sit there like pretty little cherries on top of a, of, on top of whatever cherry sit on. Okay, I'll give you this moment to receive that word. You have to be active. Take it. Okay, God gave you something amazing. He just spoke it out. He let you know, and you and I, we are people of gratitude. The Holy Spirit just came and flowed, in. He didn't interrupt His, his conversation. He expanded on his conversation. Yes. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Okay, don't let it be California took A brother from Philly, uh, St. St. Louis. Okay, well Chris is from Philly. Uh, you know. The brother, the brother from St. Louis had to, had to show it out. That's all right now. <laughs> Thank you Lord. Glory to God, glory to God. Ask him, that's what he said, if you'll invite me. That's precisely it, if you will invite me, and, and I don't know how many of you make that a, a regular part of what you do. I'll give you a lovely one. I am on a very, very narrow program right now, both in, in terms of the foods and things, because it's just past time I, that I manifest complete obedience. And the Lord gave me some instructions, and I was off kilter. I didn't know it, but he brought back a word to say, no, it, you know, it may seem right, but it's not right. And so that was, okay then let me go back and ask you. Now my biggest challenge, because I'm not doing dairy right now, in this, this season, it, I, I, what he does with me is seasons, of, of things that you can eat and, and, and things that I don't. So in the season I'm in right now, I'm very non-dairy. Well coffee, I like my coffee, because I make really good coffee, but I like my coffee certain ways. And I, I, I'm a person that likes my coffee, and I, I describe it as dreamy-creamy. Okay, so typically it, it has um, heavy, heavy whipping cream or something in it, and I really do whip it up and, and do a lot of other kinds of things like that. Not a lot of it, but it's just, I like that because of the blends that I do. Um, and so right now, I'm not doing that. And so getting it to change color is not a lot of fun. So I'm saying, well, I, I need to, I, I, I have no plan to deviate and if it's just gonna be horrible coffee for the season, then that's just what it's going to be. But is what can, can you help me find something that is going to enhance the flavor, right? Because typically I use coconut milk mm-hmm. and I, I'm not a fan of almond milk, honestly. I, I really don't care for it over much. But of course he said add almond milk to the coconut milk. I said okay. So my coffee consists of is plain um, MCT oil powder and it had coconut milk. And I'm not using, I like the canned over the the, the other kind, but I was blending it. And he said, um, add the almond milk. Okay. So I did. And an I really, it is an acquired taste. <laughs> I like almonds. <laughs> and um, the coffee flavor changed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Crystal has thum- two thumbs up because she's an almond milk. that means that there'll be something for her at my house Uh, don't think that she's just high-fiving me like, go on girl, I'm proud of you, that was not it I I speak fluid uh, (laughs) crystal sometimes Sometimes. Um, but I I had that conversation with him standing at my sink this morning before uh, getting prepped to come out and I was just like, I will do it this is what I said, I will do it Um, I'm not going to try to Uh, Korea, I'm asking you, because I don't want to do something that's right in my eyes, but it's not right in yours. And so when he said that, I I just said, okay, because I definitely have it in the house. And I added it to the, I mixed, I blended it in with my coconut milk and shook all the stuff up and added it to the coffee. And it was quite tolerable, I must say. So um, still not the pretty color I like, but so much better than it was. And it's just, you can hear, and so hear you say that. Why don't you just bring me into it? Ask me how to solve the problem. He he teaches you how to receive from the word of God. I mean, I know we've got 27 steps to this and take this teaching and buy this tape and do all of that. And since I'm a preacher, I'm certainly not against it. But I really do believe, and I'm known for this. My brother uh, over there could tell you, many times people will come to me and say something and he found me quite annoying, so he sometimes he wouldn't he wouldn't come to me for things unless he was in a, in a right frame. And, and I'm not being funny. This is kind of how he explained it to me, because the chances were very very good nine nine and a half times out of ten. And if it, if I didn't do it the tenth time, I'd come back and call him and say it. My question would be, did you ask? Go ahead. You finish it. Did you
1: ask, Holy
0: you know? And he's like, I knew you were going to say that. It's like, well, why are you asking me then?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: Sometimes we're asking the other person because we want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying through us. But honest and for true, we're not asking each other for advice because we give tacky advice. That's right. If it were me, as soon as you hear if it were me, you know it's not going to be worth hearing because it's going to go to flesh. Do you see what I mean? So that's why we call these spirit-to-spirit conversations. Because we're listening to what the spirit of the living God has to say. And we are um, responding to that. Can we have that one up on the screen? Yes. So it is a spirit to spirit conversation. All right. So um, th- again, thank you, Rodney, for sharing that. Okay, I caught you by name. am sorry. And. You're welcome, Pastor Leslie. I know, she said it. She said, somebody might have been looking for you just two years. Is he there? <laughs> I knew he was somewhere. <laughs> Not that one. It's the other one. It's the other one. Anyway, so um, that's the kind of thing that will happen. So I, I really am happy that my coffee is going to taste better tomorrow. That's a real big deal to me. I only drink one cup. So you know, you want it to be a good one. All right, here's another thing I want to address. On Sunday, I was talking about, I ended up giving a more detail into my testimony of how, um, how I came to start really walking in the things of God, or at least got in the front part of the door, screen door. Um, but I said some things that I, I kind of want to elaborate on a little bit. One of the things that I said, I was referring to my mom, and I said, I already thought she was crazy, you know, because we thought that she was crazy uh, growing up. Well, she was different, is, is what it was. I, I have to, I want to say this, I think most of you already know this. I had an incredibly great childhood. I, I really did. Um, my mother was different. Most of y'all couldn't have taken it. You could not have taken it any more than I could have taken it growing up in yours, you know, because we, we were where we were. But oh, yeah, you had to be. You had to be there. She took us on adventures. Uh, we had so much fun because she wanted to be fun. Now I I think that what was different was when I moved in with my mother, I had been living with her mother, so I had a similar upbringing to her because I grew up um, under the the uh, instructions of the same person she grew up with. But I also, we my mom and I, But it heads a lot, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because my, even though she had issues with her mother, I lived with her mother, and I knew how much her mother loved her. Her mother loved her so much, I got jealous. Because I'm right there. But she, my grandmother would get on me if I said anything disrespectful about my mother. Oh no, that is my daughter. And you can see where my mama got that from. Because that tiny little woman, oh, she was scary. My grandmother, I, we're about this, I'm about the same height as she was. Actually, she's probably a little short. She was a little shorter. But she was tough. And you did not mess with her body. Because that's what she called my, my mom. Don't ever call her that. Don't be stupid. Okay. Um, yeah. But she, she was fierce about it, and I, I wanted that love. Okay, my grandmother had enough love to spare. It's the same type of bickering and stupid, stupid kind of acting that you can see in the body when people are vying for position, jockeying for position, almost like they're trying to get the love of God to be an exclusivity uh, to themselves, exclusive to themselves. Well, it is exclusive to you, the love he has for you. Nobody disrupts that. It's all yours. The thing about God is he's big enough to love enough and nobody gets shorted. You know, Jesus is not a player. He's not, okay? He just, he's just that good at everything. He really is. So I grew up insecure. And of course there were reasons why that I'm not gonna get into today. I think what I read one author and she said, I had the usual black story. <laughs> oh, I thought that was so funny. It was like I <laughs> knew just what she meant, but you know if you're not black, you had the usual white story maybe, or you had the usual Asian story or you had the usual uh, Southern people's story or northern people's story because you might have elevated it to region instead of ethnicity, but many of us have experienced trauma we've experienced people creeping in the night we've experienced just outright rape or uh violence we've seen people get murdered or we've seen uh you know we we sat down with the old men and they poured a little bit of beer in in your bottle and gave it to you i mean there are so many crazy things that have happened to children and to and to people And, and and sin is not new okay it's not I don't think you should take it as a, uh, as an entitlement uh, to special treatment because the devil was e- have found evil people to work through. Because he, now see, the devil is a racist. He is the racist. But he's sure ain't a respecter of who he uses. He doesn't care. And that's why, if you ever do a research project, it's an interesting one, of people that have committed heinous crimes, how many of them died very debilitating diseases because when the demons are through with you they just throw you away and let somebody, I guess they offer you up to the highest bidder or lowest bidder and say take them and destroy them we don't care God would never do that right so I just wanted to tell you that because it's like no she wasn't crazy demented not once Jesus came and even if she ever went into those other places where well, many of us go, I know I did, I went, I lived in, sometimes in those places called crazy, okay? Um, she never hurt her kids. She, he, And that tells me something. People that do the things that they do, they do them because they choose to. They do it because they choose to. Even if something similar has happened to them, it doesn't make you... It doesn't cause you want to wanna go and do that to somebody else except that you haven't grown up and accept that there are other things that were wrong and except that you carry bitterness or wear the title of victim as a badge of honor. And if you're in the world, may have, that's what you do. But when you're in the kingdom, hashtag me too is not your story. Right. It's not your story. And I'll tell you why. Because Jesus doesn't wear that. Mm-hmm. What he wears is I've taken all these things mm-hmm. and i am giving you a way of escape. Yes. And the first place you've got to escape from is the mentality of the victim. Mm-hmm. Understand? There's more I could go into with that. That's not belittling anybody's pain. Mm-hmm. It's telling them that when you call a halt to it, you can come out of it. Mm-hmm. Because he provides, again, supernatural, Prophetic encounters with the Word of God. There are things that the Holy Spirit wants us to know. That some of us are going to insist on staying in old-time religion. And we're not going to let the truth, the true truth of the gospel, the, the uh, of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom of God come in. We're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we're not going to hear the true story of Jesus Christ because we don't want to. Because... Frankly, if you take the changes that come from the word, if you take the truth and begin to allow it to permeate your body, things about the style in which you engage will have to change. And some of us don't want to. We don't want to. And God does not force you to. But I think that it's okay to want to. Maybe you need to tell yourself, it's highly acceptable for me to want to be more like the Jesus that I carry, yes. instead of so much like the devil that is under my feet. But some don't know that. Okay. So another thing that was really neat, and I, I, I was trying to say, I kept saying strike, strike. I couldn't. I don't know what was up, but I was trying to say that there was an angelic preempted strike. And I felt that because I liked the drama of it that my theme music was playing mm-hmm. and, and that the angels were engaged in Operation Save for me and that there were all kinds of things in motion from the moment that I was sitting in my office when I lost that will. I lost the want to. As I said, we called it the mo, I lost my mo. I wasn't motivated, and I gave up. To give up, there's a way to surrender to God, and there's a way to give up on yourself, and they're not the same, they're not the same. When you say, I give up to God, you are surrendering everything that you've tried on your own, and you're humbling yourself. When you give up because of the the, the evil of the world, and you don't have the protection of the kingdom, what you said is, I'm open for any and all decimation, all attacks, whatever it is that you guys want to do with me. I don't care anymore. I've just just put on the hat that says victim, victimize me, or something along those lines. That was the one that was there. That's why it said on my face, easy to kill. Okay, she'll go with it. You give her the usual party lines and, um, you know, he didn't. The, the The young man that I met that night, he didn't have to have a good line. I heard all the message said before. Okay, I, I'm just going to tell you straight out. This is now. Hear what I'm saying, because I'm, I'm going to speak from a place that I think some of you have been, but you don't want to admit. All right, because I was, I was a, I was a. Because I had been a victim for so long. There were aspects of my life that I still lived as a victim. I was sexually, they say you were sexually abused. No, I was straight out raped. I don't know what sexually, sexually abused to me means they're doing other things to you, okay? So yes, you're violated. Yes, somebody's intruded upon you. Yes, somebody, uh, they said, well they stole something from me I could never get back. I'm here to tell you, you can definitely get it back. Because I did. So no, that's a victim. He took something from me I could never get back. Did you want it back? Yeah. Well, then, did you know that Jesus has already taken everything that the devil has stolen? I heard about it. Why don't you use that? Ask him how that works. Because we have heard our apostles say, no, no, no. Remember, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the intent was. But I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. So you know what? what they tried to steal, kill, and destroy from you, I have the life that you need that gives it all back. When you take it, when you take it, when you take it. it. But some of us like the glamor, the false glamor of looking like a victim. When you really are a victim, you don't like it. When you have partially found a way out, and it's offered, because we offer these things to people, And they use those excuses, but you don't understand. And, or, um, yeah, that's okay for you to say. Or this or that or the other. I I just bottom line it, and and Crystal can tell you, I I don't even give that. I just say, let's just cut to it. Did you want to keep it? Yeah, okay, and then we can just move on and talk about something else. Want to talk about cookies? Hmm? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Household appliances? (laughs) Videos? Because we're done talking about you. Why? Why are we done talking about me? Say it. Why are we done talking about me? Why Why we first say Because I'm not going to talk to the devil. You like him, you keep him. Is that a heartless? Let me read something else to you. It can sound that way. I was reading in Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter and I wrote notes on this so I'm going to use this. Look at Matthew chapter 15. If I touch a sensitive spot, let it be, let it be so, because that means that it's time for it to go and for you to be free. You hear it? It's not, oh, you just said something and I just couldn't take it. Yeah, you could. If you can sit through those, you, you can take it. you do want to take it, you can get rid of it. Because the greater one is in you. Now, if you're not born from above, that's a different level, and we have to work from there but I don't expect that I'm talking to unsaved people. I supposedly am talking to people that post on Facebook and other forms of social media, how mighty they are in God and how awesome God is and how this and that and the other. That's what they'll put one day, and then the next day they'll put about how sad they are and how this is and so forth and so on. And it's like, so I get it, I get it, but that's not the part you post, that's the part you just go, again, the brother said it, that's when you go talk to the Holy Spirit and say, what can we do about this? He wants to engage. What can I do? I'm feeling depressed. What can I do about it? I'm feeling, I'm feeling. I told him that today. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. And I had to laugh because I started quoting song lyrics. And I was like, yep, I feel this, and I feel this, and I feel this, but I'm not going to quit. I'm not, I'm not defeated, and I will not quit. Just to get redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> because it is a song, but I started to smile. I was like, yeah, this is just what I'm feeling, but it's not the truth. And even if it is the truth, I'm still not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. And then he started opening up some things to me. And he said to me, because you made that decision, I'm going to open this up. So look at Matthew chapter 15. In verse 29, it says that Jesus departed from, um, no, that's not even what I want to look at. Let's go up. I want to look at verse 21, Matthew chapter 15. I read this today, and I heard him speaking to me. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, it says, Then Jesus went out from, it's all, he's going out from somewhere there, and departed to the region of Tyre and Zidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region. Okay? So region. So this is apostolic. This is apostolic. He's moving from region to region, okay? So that's an apostolic, it's a a pointer to you because it's speaking of a a limit, a border, a territory, or a country. He's moving within his metron. So you know, this tells you this is an apostolic thing and it's an expansion of where he is and he's gonna prove it in his words in just a minute, all right? So I just want want you to see that. And so cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord. And she said, this is a woman of Canaan. Oh, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. Now, I love the fact that they said, after us, because they finally realized we're in this with you. All right? And so if if they're calling Jesus, they're calling us. That's what he he was saying. We, 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 We understand that. But we want you to send her away and look at her words again have mercy on me O Lord son of David and again it said that this is a woman of Cana she's a Gentile she's a Palestine um, it's, she was a um, or in, in that time she was what was referred to as a Phoenician okay now that means what she's outside of the Covenant and what she used was a covenant term she said have mercy on me Um sustain David. she doesn't have covenant he ignores that she doesn't have she's not of that bloodline okay and she was using a term it's like um i said my my grandmother used to call her children by names that nobody else called them we all have that kind of thing and so To her, her daughter, my mom, was by a certain name, but that name was not given to anyone else to call her by. That was a family name, but it was also more than that. That was a name that spoke to a special relationship. Mm -hmm. Son of David spoke of a special relationship, a covenant, a, a covering that they had by birth. And this woman did not have it. And so when she called him, out. Have mercy on on me. She said, Lord. But then she said, O son of David. It says that he answered her, not a word. And that word answer says that he did not respond. He did not respond to the circumstances. He did not um, begin to speak to her. He did not give an answer to her question. Okay, so he didn't engage, and the disciples are saying, "Send her away, for she cries out to us, cries out after us." But he answered, "Now, now, he didn't answer her, okay, but now he is answering uh, his disciples, and again, now this is he's going to respond to what they're saying. But let, what does he say? He says, "I was not sent except to the lost." sheep of the house of Israel. What he said to her, or to them, he answered them. He answered them. He could not answer her, but he answered them. And he said, I'm not called, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now when you hear that, you think exclusivity. That's not what he said. What he said was when you call son of David, I can only respond to that to the lost sheep of Israel. I cannot respond as son of David to somebody outside of the covenant. No matter how much I may want to, I can't respond to what she just asked. How many of you have ever asked the Lord a question and feel like you didn't get an answer because you asked the wrong question? Or you asked for something outside of where you yourself were supposed to go. Ask him for something that you're not prepared for. Haven't done the stuff, not that it's not yours, but that the way that you're phrasing it, you can't get the response that you're looking for. So here, he said that, but it says he answered, but apparently when he answered them, she hears the disciples asking him to move her out, but they didn't do it. They said to him, so what does that tell you? There's a, there's a level of apostolic authority going on, and they could not just move in front of him and just do what they might have done elsewhere. And so they go back to the master, and they say, you've got to deal with this. You've got to give us the lead, because he wouldn't have been the one. They would have done it. But you've got to give us the permission, because we, you know, we don't know what the boundaries are in this new region where you are. You're, is everybody flowing with what I'm saying? See, they didn't know yet. What are the, what, what are the, what are the, 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 the roads of, uh, or how do I, what am I trying to say? The do's and don'ts. The do's and don'ts, thank you. What are the boundaries? Where can we go? Where can we not? In this new region. He has come into a new region. How do you operate here? What is your authority here, okay? So we are not just going to send her away. We need to find out what we because when we know what yours are, we know what ours are. This is correct. This is how you flow in an apostolic prophetic ministry. Okay, you've heard Apostle Baker giving some apologies and and straightening some stuff out and if you haven't heard, you'll hear it on Sunday. But can you see here in the word how these disciples they they're this is the group that does the cleanup, the pickup. This is the setup crew. So they know the things that they're able to do because they've been traveling with him. They know who's in charge of going to get the food, who's keeping the treasury, who's doing this, who's doing that. These people, these men, are not um, powerless. Again, she's coming to us. So they're with him, but they need him, just as we look to our apostle, to tell us, She points to something, and she says uh, um, the 5 a.m. prayer calls, Wednesdays. Many times on those morning calls after all of the call reports are in, you'll hear her after a certain city is reported on, and she'll say, do this, do this, do this. Why? The Metron, the authority, has been released apostolically. God has said... I just gave you that region and I'm expanding your abilities. Are you catching this? Mm -hmm. Okay. And if he doesn't release it that way, you don't just do it. You've got to come, if you want the power of it to manifest. So they walked in alignment with him. And then he answered and he said I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of of Israel. Well, obviously this woman heard him, and she heard them. So here she is coming to get deliverance for her daughter, and she hears the followers of the one that she's seeking out say to him, would you get rid of her? So she hears it, and she has the opportunity to, to reject it or to do whatever. Now, why is she of particular importance to us? because she was ahead of her time. This is a prophetic encounter that will lead to a supernatural, why? Because she, before the cross, represents us. We didn't have that covenant either. We didn't come from those tribes necessarily. And so that's what she's representing, the people that did not have that covenant, Abraham, they were not descendants of Abraham okay okay so gentiles people which is people without a covenant and so she said it says this verse 25 after he said that far from just saying oh well i tried it says she came and she worshipped him she kissed him she kid this is like you read it in the psalms kiss the Son, least he be angry that's not saying he's gonna be mad. If you don't kiss me, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be ticked you you. That is not what that means. But what did she do? She prostrated herself, she humbled herself, and she said, Lord, help me. Jesus said to her. Now, and this is what I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me. He says, you think I didn't want to? Do you think, come on people, Superheroes, right? That's their dinner bell right there. Help me. What is he doing? He is listening to the Father. He is looking. I know what my boundaries are. I know what I cannot do. And I don't see the Father helping this woman by way of this covenant. I don't see it. I'm not, I can't help you this way because you're not, I can't. It's violating, it's stepping out of my metron. This is an apostle speaking. I've got to check in with headquarters. I can't just do this. Do you see this? And he answered her. Now he's answering. Why? Because of what she said. Lord, help me. Okay? Lord, it says. So she said, she called him curios. Curios is the word. Um, that's actually master or owner or sir. Um, possessor, it also means a king or a ruler. It's also a term of respect, like sir. But what she said is, I recognize you as the supreme authority. I see you as my only source for help. And she moved from flesh to spirit. Because that cry came from somewhere inside of her that was far from just the emotions of a mother crying out on behalf of her child this Lord help me meant that she put her spirit into subjection because she wasn't going around calling everybody Lord and she moved into a prophetic place when she did that why because he said to her it's not good to take the children's bread and throw to the little dogs and she said yes Lord that's right yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now that word fall is really very interesting because she said the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall. And that word fall or fell, it also means to fall down, to light upon. And it means to descend from a higher place to a lower place. So what she was saying to him, they go, Well, he called her a dog, he might have, because that's what the Gentiles were referred to historically. But he didn't say, you're a dog. I mean, some people think he did, maybe he did. I don't, I don't, I don't. It doesn't really matter. What mattered more was what she did. She said, I see that, I understand that. I get who I am in your eyes, or in the eyes of the culture. Not in his eyes. Not in his eyes. He wanted to do what? Have the right to release healing. And she gave it to him when she said, I'm not asking you to give me what you're only called to give to those that you're called to, sent to. I'm not asking you for the bread that you've been sent to feed the children. I'm asking you for the leftovers, like the disciples had when they fed the multitude. I'm not asking for the first course. I'm asking for the leftovers. It was reverence, it was praise, and what it was also was an opportunity for him to stay within his metron, and yet release grace to her because it did not take away from what he was here to do. When you talk to him, he provides an opportunity for you to move in, let me put it this way, where the walls cease to be walls for a moment, where the door changes shape if it needs to, where things that appeared to be etched in stone, she reached into the spirit, into what future? Because truly, he was only sent, but his disciples were being sent, as we would find through Peter, were being sent to what would be sent to the house of a man named Cornelius, and though when the Holy Spirit came then the same spirit that Jesus carried is saying, I this is part of what we intend to do because all mankind belongs to us. And she reached into the realm of that which would be the timeless realm and was able to pull something that he could do. And it happened. What am I saying? When you encounter the word, she encountered the word, that's him, Jesus. And You ask him to do something for you that is impossible for man to do. What the man could not do, the spirit of the Lord could do. And he showed him how to do it. And so what did he say? I told you it was her spirit, how do I know? Because he said to her, oh woman, great, your faith. Your faith. Faith is a spirit spirit-to-spirit conversation. She spoke past flesh and she went to spirit. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. And her daughter was healed from that period. He said, great your faith. Let it be to you as you desire, and her daughter was healed, made whole from that very hour. She wasn't even home yet. Spirit to spirit moves a lot faster than flesh. You with me? Okay, any questions before we go to the next part? also part of the pattern of the New Testament, you know, the Old Testament, when um, when they gleaned for the food, like the crumbs would fall for, and they could, the foreigners could get, it, so that she also, she followed the pattern, right? Isn't that what, okay. That's what I think so, yeah. If you're thinking about like the Book of Ruth. Mm-hmm. And also the rules that they even had on how you take care of the poor. Mm-hmm. You let things fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I never, I didn't see that. That's really good. I like that. That's right. Thank you, Thank you. Y'all just teaching tonight. I love Definitely. it. I love it. So I, don't, I don't think it's good to pretend that you know something, but when somebody says something, you go. you know that witnesses. Did you have something else, St. Louis? <laughs> we just heard from Philly.
1: <laughs> yes, sir? We were talking about Jesus uh, 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 being in more places than one. I know he hadn't gone to the cross yet and resurrected, but the Holy Spirit is not restricted by space or time Mm -hmm. or anything. So he's everywhere. So when I need the Holy Spirit, he's here. When she needs the Holy Spirit, he's there. Mm -hmm. So he's everywhere and, and he's with each one of us individually the same God who's everywhere is, is with each one of us to answer our prayers, to answer our questions, to speak to our, every, all at the same time because he is eternal and he is uh, unlimited.
0: Yes. And you're also talking about what happened after the day of Pentecost, yeah. okay? From that time on, the, this is so. Now here's also something that, to speak to what you're saying, and I love this, because I, I would have these conversations with him. And I would asked him once, it's like, I, I, I don't, uh, help me understand this whole, and I've talked about this before, we're seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to see this, I'm trying to see this. Now, I had a lot of teaching on this, but really it was the conversation with the Holy Spirit that started to grant me the understanding, the eyes of my understanding and I started saying, you know what? My eyes are open to hear. And so I'm like, well, how does this work? Because I just kept seeing multitudes of people sitting like we're all sitting on each other's lap. How are we all seated in the heavenly seat because they say you're seated on the you're th- seated at the right hand of the throne of God and you're seated with him. And I kept thinking, well, how big is that chair? <laughs> that you got Billions of people all like stacked jockeying for position. What is this about? Then as he started to, he just, he showed me pictures and I thought, oh, and I got it. Mm -hmm. It's the body of Christ, yes? And the Bible doesn't say seated on his lap, it says seated in him. So how is this happening? Well, of course, because as spirit what is marriage? But two spirits that come together to join as one. That's what the consummation in marriage is. The physical bodies unite, and they, have, they arrive at a certain point of pleasure, but what really happens is that the two spirits become one. They are, now it's not, uh, they're not glued, these people are not glued together as though they can never go anywhere, like one goes to work here and one goes to there but they carry the spirit connection that grants each of them, her spirit is joined with his, his spirit is joined with hers, so everywhere they go, they carry one another. Well, that's how he carries us. And we carry him, which is why when we live in the earth and say we are, we can call for it being in earth as in heaven, because heaven is where we are but here is where we live. We are citizens, you're here in California, but you're also in St. Louis. Even though physically, you know, you're here, there are connections to you that are there that make you basically, you could say in spirit, you're there, even though physically you're here. But you carry those things. So this is how the Spirit of the Lord can be everywhere, is because in terms of us is because we're in him. In us. We're in, it's first in him, and then him in us. And so he can be seen in us through us in earth as. He really is, or as we really are, in him, in heaven. In heaven, we're in him. In earth, he's in us. But when we say, be it in earth as it is in heaven, we decrease, and he has the increase. And that's when the supernatural starts to happen. Because the life that we now live, Galatians 2, the life we now live in the flesh we live by the faith of the one that we're in. If you got that, God bless you. It's taken me a while. I get it and I can say it. And every time I say it, what happens? The, you could, people go, well, it's like the anoint. They say, well, the anointing came. Well, the anointing is here. But when you say that, and you basically said, I activate my life in him, that's what we're thinking when we say the anointing has come, but what has happened is we have decreased and he stepped forward and now he's showing us where he wants to go and what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Haven't you ever had somebody say, I know I've had this happen about me, One moment I'll be talking to you and something you say, and I'll decrease and you'll increase and people go, okay, I think I'm scared now. (laughs) Why? It's not because you look mean, it's because he's being seen. And when he's being seen, we start fearing and sometimes we can be as goofy as Peter and go, well, it's really good you're here, we can just build three halters. We can just do this, you know, it's like, oh. I, I have diarrhea of the tongue and I'm just babbling, babbling, pay no attention to the man inside that body because he'd have lost his mind. you know that's kind of how it can be. It can be that way. But the awesome thing is that as we learn to rest in it and as I was saying at the top of this, even being around writers and wow, they know your name to be in the, in the presence of the Spirit of the Lord and say, wow, he's talking to me. This is an on-purpose conversation between God and me. Me. Not this apostle or this person here. God is talking to me and making things plain to He sees me. And that's what I try to tell people when you I, I'll say if something is going on and we're all glancing around and we're doing stuff like that, okay, so who was there oh, this one was there, that one was there and so forth. But then there's that moment when you engage, when you sit and you look at someone and you're listening or they're listening to you and you feel as though your words are just a steady stream flowing out of you to that person because you suddenly on the inside, your spirit has popped up to say, they're listening to me. This person is listening to me because my words are going into them like water goes into a sponge. They are a sponge that will never become so saturated that it can't take anymore. They are hearing me, receiving from me, absorbing me. This is a spirit, the spirit connection. They see me. I'm not invisible. That's, a prophetic encounter with God. That's with his word. You read it and you say, this is my life, this is my story. Yeshua wanted to bring healing to that woman's daughter, but it had to be in line with his apostolic authority. I'm only sent here, but you can move in the timeless realm and release words That will go from spirit to another place. You see, that you can do because of what she did, because she cried out. When she cried out to you, Jesus said this before, I and my Father were one. When she cried out to Jesus of Nazareth, she cried out to the Almighty God. It wasn't just this man in the earth. It was the Father. And she touched his she touched his heart. Oh, God, help me. Those are the words that we cry, you know. When I look at the lives of people, and I pray, I get so many stories, and I see so much sheer stupidity, <laughs> you know, demonically inspired, Is what I'm talking about, people that are duped by the spirit's darkness. And the spirit of the Lord tells me, because I could get angry. I see things that are happening with children and things that are happening, and I get upset. I get a little riled up about that. Since you can't pray yet, you haven't wept over it, you don't know the value of your tears for somebody else. You haven't wept over it. You haven't been broken over this. You haven't cried out to me yet to let me speak now you can pray. Oh, we prayed for this, and we prayed for that, and we did this, and we did that, and you can be really happy about your topical thing. But oh, when we, and I, t- I'm, I touched on this, I'm, I'm kind of out of time, I didn't even see this. When, I, I think I shared this with you all about a week or so ago on, on Sunday. But during our time of saturating, Soaking, what you want to call it? That quiet time where it's so much going on. And he let me feel the vibration of his heart. And I felt my whole body really felt it vibrating at a speed that was like, I don't know if I could live if this keeps up. And I didn't get, I didn't even get a nth of a second with it. But it was enough, I can even feel it now, that I have to keep going back, give me some more, until I can build up, not an immunity, but a capacity to receive this, so that you can do more through me in prayer, or wherever it is that we happen to go. This is the truth for everything that we do in this life. In Acts chapter 17, I believe it is, and we'll close out with this. As of usual, if I had any thoughts of where we were going, we didn't get there. <laughs> okay. It says in Acts seventeen eleven that the Bereans were those that received the word with all readiness, and they searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. And it just talks about how they, how they went on with that. And then Paul, you know, it goes on later when he's talking to them, and he says, "You're bringing, they told him, you're bringing some strange things to our ears, and we want to know what these things mean. And so he stood up in the midst of them, and he talked to them about the unknown God. He said, the one you call unknown, I know him. I know him. He's not known to you, but I know him. I don't just know him. I carry him. And he said he's God who made the world and everything in it. Verse 24. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth. And he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. So your church building is not where God is. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. You can't form a statue of him and say this is him. Since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood. And there you go one blood, every nation of men, to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. And this includes your physical body, look house, and where you go and what your capacity is. Why? So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him. And that word is reach out with your spirit. That you would grow for him and find him though he's not far from each one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as also some of your own poets have said for we are also his offspring but in him we live act 17:28. in him is where my life is that's why he would say to you ask me so that you have an entrance, Um, not that you get an entrance into him because you're already in him, but he gets an entrance into you and it will begin to be for you in earth as in heaven. That's the objective of that. Mm -hmm. This life that we have, it's not about getting saved from hell and going to heaven. It's about being born a new, a new life, and allowing the life that you now live in the flesh to reflect the power of Yeshua, to reflect the as he is, so are you in this world. And we'll talk more about it next time. Okay? Y'all so quiet. You look so pretty. Even you dance, you look so pretty. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. No
1: questions? Can I, can I share yes, sir,
0: you can. Can you just, isn't it sweet and intimate with all these tonight? No? hmm mm-hmm. Yes, St. Louis. <laughs> uh,
1: th- this happened to me some time ago, but uh, talking about being seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places, Because Jesus died on the cross and the veil was rent from top to bottom and we have access to the Holy of Holies, the Holy Spirit allowed me to see into the the throne room because we're seated. We see through his eyes and if we are seated at the right hand of the Father, he is on our can turn to the left and see the Father and see through the eyes of Jesus Mm -hmm. and ask Lord God what we want want to live our lives in the flesh from that vantage point from that perspective seeing through the eyes of Jesus yes That's, that's right
0: so look at Galatians 2 again, 19, What is it 18, 19, thereabouts and read that I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God the other verse comes after that and says I don't frustrate the grace of God in That's something you have to ask him, how am I frustrating him? How do I keep going back? Why do you keep going back? Ask yourself the questions so that you can stop the cycles. You see, because much of it is you don't listen to what you're saying, you listen to what you're feeling. And then you're saying things that keep hijacking you or shipwrecking you. I was hurt, this person did this to me, or this happened to me. Okay, is it still happening, first of all? And why do I ask that? Because you need to get to a safe place. Is this still going on? Is this going on? Some people are being, they're being trafficked, and it's in plain sight. There are things that can be said that will start to change the situation. There are words that can shield you. There are chips that they put in you. It can be removed from you. There's all kinds of things that can happen. The first thing I'm going to say is let your heart cry out to God and say, God, help me. Do not quit saying, God, help me. And don't think for a moment that he has not heard you. Not only has he heard you, there is a rescue plan that is being executed on your behalf. Do not give up on God just don't do it stop feeling sorry for yourself it's destroying you it is destroying you stop letting bitterness have a place in you it's destroying you it's not God he has nothing to do with it and it keeps you separated from the love that is yours don't give place to the devil. That is what the Word of God says, and the things we just described are giving place to something that belongs under your feet, because it's under Je- He is under Jesus' feet. So I want to say thank you, and I love that, and all of that. I'm sure Miss Poe has written something, but we'll do it next time, because I see her just back there scribbling and scribbling. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to say thank you to those that do watch this. We're not live, but you want to, um, well, we are live. And by the time you see us, we're pre-recorded. But because the Spirit of the Lord knows who's watching and knows what your situations are, I will tell you that the prayers that we release now are already at work for you. He hears your cry. I just have to tell you that. And you need to stop thinking that as a Christian, whatever it is that you call yourself, that you have to live according to the rules of the world. You need to learn about the kingdom. and We're one of the places that will teach you, okay? Um, we'll teach you. I don't usually say this, but even my book will help you <laughs> because I talk a lot about the basics of the kingdom and we're encouraging you to come and join us. If you cannot join us physically, then join us online and listen for the words of the kingdom because that's the life that we aspire to. That's the life we live. In earth, as in heaven, is not a lovely prayer that is recited very quickly. Those are powerful words that open doors and bring change, supernatural change, into your life and allows prophetic words that God caused to be spoken about you to begin to cascade, how's that for a word, flow into your life and to fill up the reservoirs of every area of your soul that has been so dry. Some of you out there, you live lives of pretense. And it's trying to kill you. And we're going to tell you, implore you even, beloved, stop Mm. pretending that you're something that you're not, so that you can begin to be seen as who you were made to be, which is far better. Stop pretending. Stop sneaking around. Stop lying. Stop cheating. Stop hating. Stop walking in unforgiveness. Stop justifying sin. Stop petting the serpent's head. It's your time to be free. And as we're coming up on the 4th of July, and I know people were rejoicing, free at last, free at last. No, free at Calvary. Free at Calvary. Okay? Walk in that. It's a supernatural power that bypasses ethnicity Bypasses gender, bypasses economic, social, economic situations, bypasses everything else that you could ever think. Bypasses the troubles that you know. Gives you the ability to hear, to see, to live, to speak, to do differently from what you are limited to. I have so much I want to say to you, but I'm going to stop now and just tell you I love you and to thank you so much. Those that are a part of our house. We're receiving the tithes and the offerings and the, the gifts and the things that you we were sowing into the house. Um, those of you that are a part of this house also know that we will be back here on Sunday, not here, but on the other side, at 10.45 a.m. or We'll start at 10 for the 45 minutes of speak, being in the presence of God and then preparing to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to us. Write us if you have questions. Do Get in contact. Call us. Do what you have to do because we know you're not reaching out to us, but you're saying, Lord, help me. And if he's put it in us to do, we will truly release it. We will not withhold it from you. I'm Pastor and Lee of Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship. I want to say thank you very much to you all for joining us tonight. Um, everybody else want to say goodbye?
1: Goodbye. Okay.
0: All right. For now. For now. So I want to say thank you. Um, I have to also, I'll keep talking, but I'm waiting for Leslie to get over to the camera because she has to turn it off. But it's her first time, and she's adorable too. And I just mentioned names, but you don't know what she looks like. So anyway, everybody say Good night. Thank, Thank you. Hallelujah.